Hey everyone, and welcome to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter, that is Tim. We talk about horror movies on this show, and on this episode, we are going to talk about the Black Coat's Daughter, aka February, because depending on where you are in the world, you'll get one of those two titles. Um, <laughs> and I'll be honest, I'm not entirely sure where has what title, but Black Coat's Daughter, mm. February are the two titles. Uh, so we're going to talk about that, we're going to, we'll start off spoiler free, as we always do, I mean we'll give you a warning before spoilers uh, later on. So, uh, what is what is Black Coat's Daughter? What is it about? It's, it's about two girls at a fancy private religious school, mm-hmm. uh, a high school, and it's coming up on vacation time. And everyone's leaving, but their parents don't come and pick these two girls up. These, t- these two girls don't even know each other. They don't even, they're not even the same year. One's a freshman, mm-hmm. one's a senior, or something like that. They never specified, actually, what the older one was, but not the same year. And they're left kind of on their own with just a couple of caretakers who are there. And something dark is going on. There's some something sinister. And then, meanwhile, Emma Roberts' character, Joan, is uh, sort of wandering the streets and trying to get to the same place, trying to get to the school at the same time. Uh, mm-hmm. And we don't know why. And that's kind of it. That's, without spoilers, that is the, the setup of the movie. Creepy mm-hmm. stuff happens and there's sort of a foreboding tone. Tim? Yes? Actually, before I ask you the question, I'm just going to explain a little bit of the, uh, <laughs> the, the release wonkiness of this one. Oh, okay. Because this was one that I think shat on the shelf for a while. Like it was a. You say shat on the shelf? I think I did it accidentally. I meant to say sat <laughs> on the shelf. Uh, no, I think that is like a good term for it, especially like, you know, for these movies. Well, I was going to say, like, for movies released in January and February because they're kind of shitty, you can just say. <laughs> no, that's sat on the shelf for a couple of years. It was actually completed in 2015. And mm. was at some festivals for a good while and it wasn't actually released until this year so it's actually a new movie in terms of the public release but it's it, you know it's listed as 2015 on imdb that's mm-hmm. that's where it's uh so just, just I, I like pointing that out i think it's interesting you know especially since this director went on to do something else in the meantime that already came out uh he did mm-hmm. a film on netflix called uh the girl in the house at the end of the lane or something like that uh, that title sounds familiar. The, oh, there you go. The pretty thing that lives in the house. That's it. I am the pretty thing that lives <laughs> in the house. That's the one. Uh, this guy needs to work on his titles, man. So, so, <laughs> so, so maybe we could do that one uh, later. But I, I think it's worth pointing that out because it's, it's nice to know where, where they are. Because like, some of the actresses in this, obviously Emma Roberts, uh, I mean, she was in Scream 4, actually, I guess was the first thing I ever saw. Him. But obviously I know her mainly now from Scream Queens. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really hard not to think of Chanel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when I see Emma Roberts now, um, she's and, actually becoming like quite a you know face in terms of horror because yeah, she had that Scream Four, like you said, uh, American Horror Story. She had not. Yeah, uh, she was in the fourth or third season. Whatever the the really, I mean, I know you don't like the show at all, mm-hmm. but the the season with the witches, which was definitely the crappiest by far. She was in a season of American Horror Story. Yeah. Yeah, so so she's she's there. Uh, Lucy Bonton or Boynton, see her name, uh, who plays Rose. She she was in Sing Street, but which I'm pretty sure was after this. Um, uh, yeah. So she's in that. She was in. Uh, speaking of FX shows, she was in one of those feud 
seasons. You know that anthology oh, okay. show, that's like the feud. Yeah, she was in one of those, and she's she's going to be in uh, the the Murder on the Orient Express uh, remake that's coming up later this year. So she's starting to make a bit of a name for herself and doing different things. Mm. Um, well, it's funny uh, that you mentioned FX shows because the the dad that's in it, um, he played the dad on Wilfred, which because um, me and my girlfriend were just rewatching it uh, recently. And uh, did you just yeah? I, did you just say you know James Remar from Wilfred? <laughs> yeah, not the Warriors, not not even Dexter or the other oh, hundred I things. He was in Dexter, in. but that was the most recent thing I've seen him in. Or even uh, as Raiden in Mortal Kombat Annihilation. None of those. <laughs> you went straight to Wilfred. <laughs> what was the thing that was most uh, prescient on my mind? I had just seen him. There. He he he's been in tons of stuff. Like I say, Warriors. Obviously, I think is the earliest mm-hmm. example. I'm just going to skim his IMDb. Since uh, since Warriors been... is good, I haven't seen that in a long. Well, it was time, in the but... Path on Hulu. I didn't I didn't really watch. I only seen the pilot of that, but he was in that. Mm. He's been in a bunch of stuff though. His IMDb list is absolutely insane. He's the sort of guy mm-hmm. who, who guest stars on a lot of TV shows. Okay, uh, he was a main character on Jericho. Yeah, I remember. I remember him seeing him on that. Uh, he does voices for a lot of anime. So he, he he's a character actor who pops up all over the t- place. Okay, uh, it's, it's really not uncommon to see him, but. Uh, mm. Yeah, so yeah, that's uh so good cast. Yeah, the interesting cast of uh, both old and new faces. Uh and then I believe the the other main actress was not mentioned, uh, Kiernan Shipka who plays Kat. She uh she was on Mad Men. Uh um. so I wasn't familiar with her, but you know, she, so, so some people will see her and go, "Oh, that's her." Yeah. Um so Tim Yes. That was a long <laughs> way to get to that question, but Tim, did you enjoy The Black Coat's Daughter aka February? Uh, no, I did not. Um, it's not. not, it's not necessarily a bad made movie. It's, uh, there were some good parts to it. Um, uh, but overall, I, I just wasn't that interested in it. It's kind of slow to me. I'm not I'm, super I'm, interesting. I'm, I'm just laughing because you said, because I thought that was a weird way to phrase it. That was a bad made movie. I was like, not badly, Tim. And then I thought, oh, mm. maybe I can correct him and say that was a bad made sense. <laughs> it it did feel weird coming out of my mouth, but I was like, um, I don't know. I felt weird going to my ears. I don't want to call it a film, and I would have been like, "Ooh, it's this film." I don't know. So <laughs> it would still be badly <laughs> for this film. <laughs> the different word for know. movie doesn't exactly change the other grammar in the sense. The movie part was what seemed weird to me, but. Regardless, I <laughs> didn't really enjoy it that much. Um, well, this is interesting because I actually kind of liked it. Yeah, I knew you would. <laughs> <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? Because uh, it's slow and boring, and but you're going to talk about all the atmosphere and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Tim, we talk about horror <laughs> movies. Atmosphere is a pretty big part of horror movies. <laughs> Yeah, so is uh, stuff happening. <laughs> stuff happened. <laughs> what is this post-post? No, I don't think it's a knockout the park. I, I don't think it's amazing mm-hmm. by any means. Uh, I can certainly. This was the this was the director's first movie. What was what's his name here? Uh, Oz Perkins. Oz. Yeah. Or Osgood Perkins, as he was credited in the actual movie. Um, yeah. This is his first movie, and I can kind of you can kind of tell almost not because it's badly done, but just because that's what I did there. Badly done, not bad done. Mm. Um, <laughs> I don't even mean that. I just, I just <laughs> um, but the reason why I say that is because 
I, I think one of the the, the 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 sort of tell signs, other than maybe it being bad, which I don't think this is, mm-hmm. but if it's still, if, if if a debut movie's still good, I think one of the tell signs is maybe the, the director's first movie is that you can see a lot of inspirations. Like in this, I was feeling a lot of Kubrick. I was feeling, and I must say it's as good as Kubrick. I'm just saying I, I can see a lot of emulation of yeah. you know what, what a Kubrick in The Shining perhaps would be doing. Uh, a little bit of David Lynch and the dream sequences. A little bit of this and that. Like I could see all these different like obvious inspirations that had fed into this movie, and it kind of mm. felt like oh he had all this in his system and he wanted to get it all out there in this one. Uh, yeah. So th- th- like so I think but. Honestly, I had a pretty good time, mainly because I did think it was well directed. I thought, I thought it was very. It was slow, absolutely, but it was a very deliberate slow. Yeah, like when I say I don't like it, it's not one of the movies that we watch that it's like, oh, I didn't like this because it was bad. I thought that you know this was a poor choice or that the acting sucked or blah 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 everything that's in it, I I thought was competently done. It's just one of those things where. Um, at the end of the day, it didn't really speak to me. And, well, you know, a, a, a little bit more, like, it would be easier to go in-depth in, like, spoilers and stuff, yeah. but... Well, unfortunately, Tim, we're still going to talk about it for the next 25, 30 minutes, so <laughs> buckle in. No, I, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, I, I don't want to sound like I'm saying that, oh, this movie sucks, and, you know, mm. the guy didn't know what he was doing. No, he's, he, like, yeah, I thought it was good, it was well-made, Um yeah, it's just a, a little bit of you know when it comes to personal preferences and you know stuff that gets you going. There, there wasn't a, as much of that in it, this for me. Yeah, so if you have good taste, you'll be fine. Mm, that's subjective, but <laughs> I love how time can go from oh no, it's, it's too slow and snooty for me to that's subjective. <laughs> just, you know, posh, they snooty, you know, sip of the drink. Um, no, I, I, I dug it. I, I thought, uh, along with the slow pacing, it used a lot of empty framing, which I thought was really really effective here, because a lot of this movie is about how isolated the characters feel, especially Cat. Cat feels uh, especially lonely every time we see her, and I think it's very important that even early on, when she's having like a, a conversation with someone else, and like she's sitting across a table, every time it comes mm. to her, she's very small in the frame. There's a lot of empty space around her, and it really makes her feel like she's alone and... Like I thought it was a really nice, a lot of subtle touches in the direction that really helped build what the story. Because I feel like this is a movie where there's not actually that much plot. There's a, there's a, there's a yeah. bit of plot, but it, it's not mm-hmm. a super in-depth plot. It's how it's told and sort of the feeling as it's going through the, pl- the plot, I, I guess if that makes sense, where you're mm-hmm. feeling the, the atmosphere and the emotion in a scene as opposed to having a scene that has lots and lots of points of stuff happening. Like... Right, there's not a ton of, you know, jump scares or, you know, things popping out or... It's not that kind of movie. Oh, no, it's a slow brood of a psychological tense builder thingy mm-hmm. jig. Um, and to- the... I, I actually wasn't really... Familiar. I heard this title a little bit before, but I really didn't know anything about it going in. And I did actually end up watching the trailer, like, a day or two before I watched it. Oh, why would you do and- that, Tim? Because I didn't know anything about it and I was interested. Nor did I. You, know, you don't. You don't watch trailers. <laughs> not if I'm, I know what I'm about to watch. I only, I only watch trailers for movies that are not out for months, and I'm like anticipating them, or or if I happen to be at the theater and it comes on. Uh, mm-hmm. But in that, in this example though, like if I know I'm watching it in two days, nah, I wouldn't. I no. Well, I I was interested in wanting to see you know what kind of movie it was going to be. It, did it spoil so, things for you? No, but there was 
uh, you know, they're, they're playing like quotes from critics. Uh, and... <laughs> the most erotic thriller in years. Well, no, that's what it said. Like the, this movie is erotically charged. Really? And I was like, oh shit! I, I was just joking because that was like the no, obvious. No, that's like, not what it was. Legit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I might get the phrasing a little bit wrong, but it's definitely erotic something. And so I actually kind of expected this movie to be a lot sexier than, than it was. Like, all right. So, so Tim's disappointed. He <laughs> only had an erection three times. So that, that's what you're saying. <laughs> I'm not disappointed. I just thought it was weird. Like, who was watching it and thought, like, oh, this is so erotic. Well, I mean, again, that's not really a fault of the movie. That's a fault of the, the marketing team for putting right, that right. ridiculous I'm... quote in the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not blaming the movie for that. I just yeah. thought that was weird. I legitimately said that as a joke. I thought of the most absurd, <laughs> like, stupid yeah. quote. And, oh, that's pretty funny, actually. Yeah. Uh, now, I knew nothing. Like Honestly, for the first, like, 30 minutes, I had no idea where this was going. Like, I had no idea what the plot was. I had no idea... Was this going to be crazy people killing each other? Was this going to be like a, a a demon or a ghost or was it supernatural? Was it not supernatural? I had no idea. Like, is it even any of that? Is it something like a, a teacher who's psycho and killing kids or like? I didn't know. I I really had no idea. It it wasn't until maybe about halfway through the movie when it all kind of started to click into place, and that's kind of what mm. I like about it because it plays with telling stuff not exactly in order. Um, and I think there's a moment about halfway through the movie where they reveal a key thing, which honestly I, I had kind of guessed. Like I was sort of get, like, it, it felt like the movie after a little while that okay, this movie's withholding things so it can wow me later. So I started to try and guess things as I was just in my head. I was just sort of thinking, okay, I, I bet, I bet this is this and that is that and she is she and all, all these different kind of ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just. But it worked for me though. When it eventually started revealing stuff, I was like, "All oh, right, okay, this is kind of clicking into place." The the actual backstory as, as to why things are happening is very very simple and to an extent kind of vague, which I was kind of okay with. Um, to a point, if, if I have a complaint with it, it's maybe that it could have been just slightly more defined, um, or maybe not even defined, but just teased a little bit more in the first half of the movie. I think would be my one criticism, uh, mm-hmm. but. Nah, I, I I dug the slow pacing. I dug the build. I actually really liked the ending. Uh, I thought the ending was a really interesting uh, touch. Uh, more on that when we actually talk about spoilers. But uh, that's kind of feel. And I, I liked the actors. Like I thought all the all the girls did a good oh, job. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Cat was the suitable kind of weirdo loner girl who was always quiet. Uh, Rose was kind of the more kind of typical kind of badass, but not really. Like, I kind of liked how she was. Kind of more of a rebel, but in a really sort of realistic way. Like, she wasn't over the top. She she was doing kind right. of normal teenage girl things. Um, and then, obviously, Emma Roberts was uh, pretty good. And uh, to her credit, I was not constantly expecting her to break into Chanel, <laughs> you know, comedy dialogue. So, yeah. fair play to that. For uh, so Yeah, I think at one point I kind of, you know, was watching her and going like, oh, she actually does have pretty good range because uh, you feel like after something like Scream Queens, it'd be real easy to get typecast as that type of character. But she does a, a very, you know, much more subdued, uh, kind of low-key performance here, which uh, yeah. worked pretty well. Yeah, it's kind of the opposite of Chanel, because Chanel's such a fast talker. And then mm-hmm. Joan's like, you'll maybe get a line of dialogue yeah. every couple of scenes. <laughs> like, so, <laughs> but very, very different. Uh, so, 
That's pretty cool. And I like the setting. I liked that. I liked that it was set in winter, uh, as as the, as the alternate title mm-hmm. February would imply. Uh, there's snow everywhere, um, and uh, it just it just gives it again. Maybe that's more of a shining homage where he's 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 like, oh, I'm a big fan of that movie. I want it to have that kind of feel. Uh, but isolated mm-hmm. out in this, it's not a mansion, of course, or a hotel. It's uh, you know, it's a it's a school that has has dorms, so it's kind of similar, and it's got a lot of rooms for people to stay in. But yeah, you know, similar similar kind of ideas. Uh, so no, I, I think we'll uh, maybe go into spoilers then. I feel we've we've danced around things as much as we possibly yeah. can. So full spoilers from this point on for the Black Coat's daughter, aka February. So, um. Let's get to the meat then. Let's get to the let's get to the meat. Okay. So, at what point in this movie did you start to question if there was two timelines? Uh, I think at some point when uh, the parents, uh, I think specifically it's the father first that mentions his daughter was killed. Okay. Um, yeah. And then I mean it, it's pretty obvious. Uh, I think he says it a little later. His daughter's name is Rose. Because then at that point you're like, oh, all right, that that's when it's pretty clear. Oh yeah, because it's, it's, uh, he says her name as he hands over the photo, kind of. Yeah. Kind of idea. So you know, I, I think because as soon as he. Because there's a great moment where so Joan's out at this bus station. She's escaped from like a mm-hmm. mental asylum. I mean, it's not it outright tell you that at first, but you see the medical band on her on her wrist, mm-hmm. and there's a couple of quick flashes that suggest she kind of escaped somewhere. And you know, uh, what's his name? Bill, uh, the father, kind of runs past her and notices she's kind of underdressed for the weather, and is like, "Oh, are you alone? Are you scared? Are you okay? Like, can we help you? Me and my wife are traveling to here. Um, you're trying to get to there. Oh, we we're." kind of kind of going past there we can and, take a kind of idea and it was and so- real and like well sorry like just real quick like at first before you kind of start to get the inkling that maybe there's something more up with her uh at first it kind of felt like bill was going to be some type of antagonist you know in here like oh yeah you know, there was like a first moment where i'm like is he like some creepy rapist pervert yeah. serial killer like and I'm like, no, it seems kind of genuine. And obviously he says, because he says, like, oh, my wife's over in the car. And it's like, is she though? Are you just luring her over to the car? Like, yeah. I feel like that might be. But it was when and then he a said. little later in the motel or hotel oh, no, no, no. scene, too, it was pretty tense. It was even. It was just she, she in the scene, as soon as he said, oh, I'm going to. Uh, uh, the school or whatever. Like, Brad. It's being yeah. with a B, Brad or Bradford Birmingham or something like that. Bradford, yeah. Uh, as soon as he says he's going there, I'm like, oh, shit. He's he's one of the parents. Now I didn't know whose parent he was because we have the two main girls. Of course, we have both Cat and Rose who mm-hmm. both haven't got their parents there. But I'm like, okay, that's one of the parents, and I'm like, okay, right. So they're on their way there, and I figured it was probably Rose because Rose's parents still feel like they weren't they're on the way because she still said, oh, mm-hmm. I intentionally lied about the date so that I could do what I need to do because she could, oh, yeah. obviously part of the plot is that she thinks she's pregnant. She has to tell her boyfriend. And that's kind of why she's sort of delayed her parents so she can stay back and go and see him and talk to him about it. But mm-hmm. it was right at this point of the movie where... So, okay, right. She, the, this couple are one of the sets of parents for these girls. Probably Rose. And mm-hmm. honestly, it was in the very same scene that I, went, I, I said to myself, I think this is a misdirect. I don't think this is the same time. I don't think they're on the way to pick her up. Because yeah. I think that's what you're supposed to think. I think I think you're supposed to think they're on the way right now to go pick her up, mm-hmm. um, and honestly, as well, as soon as I seen, um, it's funny because I was expecting Emma Roberts to show up because that was the face I was expecting to see because she's on the poster, she's the 
mm-hmm. big name on on the front of the cover and all that. That as soon oh, as wait, I... you looked at the poster before you watched the movie, why would you do that? <laughs> when you're on the streaming service, you see the poster <laughs> when you go to click play. <laughs> Suck it, Tim. Suck it. No, thank you. Respectfully, the internet. So, <laughs> I can't speak for the whole internet. Yes, I can. <laughs> I am the overlord. <laughs> so, yeah, I was expecting to see Emma Roberts in the movie, and mm-hmm. we started. We didn't start with her. We started with Cat, and as soon as I saw Cat, I went, hmm, "She looks like a young Emma Roberts." Is this a flashback? Mm-hmm. So, sure enough, later <laughs> on in the movie, as soon as uh, he shows the photo of Rose to Emma Roberts uh, to Joan, and I seen her reaction. Where she sort of looked at her, and it was like she knew her. I'm like, okay, shit. She she's the older cat. She, Joan is cat, and yeah. uh, and at this point, I wasn't convinced necessarily that she was the one who did bad things. Even though I think we'd already had the scene where so so Rose snuck out. She she told cat, I'm not staying here. I need to go out. And she was kind of kind of bitchy about it. Not amazingly so, but she she was like, yeah, yeah. I'm not staying to babysit you. Look, like, screw off, kid. Like I'm yeah. waiting to do something. And she comes back and she finds her being all kind of creepy down in the boiler room and she takes her back up to bed and in bed, like, Cat has that really creepy line where she says, you already had your chance. And it's like, whoa, like... Because she tries to be nice to her. Rose tries to be nice to her at this point because she sees yeah. she's kind of messed up. And she's like, you had your chance. It's like, oh, dear. Uh, but other than that, it wasn't necessarily... I wasn't necessarily seeing the movie go down the path of, oh, Cat's yeah. going to be a psychopath and kill people. See- you know what's kind of funny is it still didn't really click for me right then that um, Joan was an older cat because I thought that like she might be someone else that um, actually I think I put this to get like started thinking this maybe a little later in the movie but at one point I started thinking that she might be someone else that was in a mental hospital or something that got possessed by you oh, know okay. what might have been possessing cat or something like that like it didn't a hundred percent click for me, like until the end of the movie. Actually, one of the thoughts I had uh, when Emma Roberts first popped up and she was trying to get to the school, I thought because she looks at the map and she's like, "Oh, I need to get to there." Is mm-hmm. um because I'd already had that thought that Cat uh, looked like a younger version of her. I thought maybe mm-hmm. she was Cat's older sister, and uh... if something bad did happen to the parents, which Cat thought it had, and she had that weird dream at the start that kind of implied yeah. that something bad was going to happen to them. I thought, or maybe our sister's trying to come and get her to like protect her because something's coming for her or something like that. Like that. But it was a brief thought. It was it was obviously once the movie started going where it was going. Like I, I just kind of left that behind. But those were the kind of thoughts that were running through my head. Uh, so so what the movie ultimately is then to sort of split it into the two timelines. Nine years ago in the past, Cat, uh, and we see more of this later on. We get this sort of montage of events we've already seen. But we see it from Kat's perspective, where we see what she's seeing. And there's mm-hmm. this demonic figure that we've only ever see in silhouette. He's got kind of horns and he's kind of furry. Uh, kind of cool looking, actually, just for a silhouette. It had a good presence to him. Yeah. But she keeps seeing this being. And it's implied that this being is possessing her. Uh, mm-hmm. And did, did possess her, at least to begin with, um, on that night that, that Rose left. Uh, it may have been starting to before then, but that's certainly when he, he came into power. Mm-hmm. Because uh, it's, it's, it's the very next day when she starts to like, you know, she, she drops a C bomb on one of the caretakers, uh, <laughs> one of the nuns, because they're all very religious and they're, they're saying grace and stuff. And then she ends up vomiting at the table, which again, very <laughs> exorcist esque in terms of its uh, inspiration. Yeah. Uh, you, you're witnessing scenes like that that you kind of recognise. But that happens, and obviously as the movie goes on, uh, eventually we have the 
the the principal or whoever, uh, Mister Gordon, arrives with a police mm-hmm. officer, and we have that really great. This is a really well done shot actually, because they, they come up to the front door, the, the the little building that they should be in, the little caretaker's house, and the mm-hmm. door's locked. So they they come round from the front and they start to walk round to the back door. But the camera stays inside the house, and it just pans from the front door, and it slowly goes through the house, just panning across, and then eventually, once it reaches the kitchen, you see some blood on the mm-hmm. on the door frame. And I thought that was really effective because up until this point, we hadn't actually seen anything violent. Yeah, and it was just like the camera came across, and there's blood. It was like, oh shit, something like someone has went nuts. Like cats actually went psycho here, mm-hmm. um, and they they come in and they see what happened and stuff. Um, and basically, Cat, well possessed, killed them, and then kills Rose. And honestly, Rose's death mm-hmm. scene, I think, was very impressive. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I was actually really surprised with how... And this, is, this may sound like a sick thing to say, but it felt so realistic. It was just... It was such a simple mm-hmm. jump out and stab at her repeatedly in the stomach. It, it just it felt very visceral. Yeah, it's one of those things where maybe we're conditioned to a little bit more of like over the top violence where you know in other horror movies you might see you know someone get like a a spear through their whole head or like their (laughs) limbs being ripped off or something but yeah sometimes it really takes you back when it's just like oh no these are just two people and you know it's not like mountains of blood gushing everywhere and someone like falling over or you know being thrown in the air it's like oh yeah this is probably yeah. what this would look like yeah it's very simple because rose gets up in the morning the all the, the two mm-hmm. caretakers are already dead and she's what she hears a noise in the bathroom she, it kind of creeps her out and she starts she's in like her bathrobe because it's the morning she's just you know getting up mm-hmm. to get a shower and whatever and she's just creeping around because she's starting to worry that something bad's happening. And she sees like some blood in the stairway with like a bag that has stuff in it. We we know it's decapitated heads, but from later, but that that's mm-hmm. what it is. And it's just as she tries to run back that cat just jumps out and just stabs her repeatedly in the stomach. And yeah. I think what makes it feel even even more creepy afterwards is that when she goes to start to decapitate her, because that's what she's doing. She's cutting off their heads afterwards. Is she she lifts up her head by just lifting up her hair. She you know she just grabs a bunch of hair yeah. and she lifts her head up, and she's lifeless. And it just it feels so cold and real, mm-hmm. and it gives it this this visceral nature where it doesn't feel like I'm watching some cheesy movie or anything like that. It feels yeah. like there's weight to it, and I, I I respected that. I respected that it went all movie without any violence. It was just slow brooding mm-hmm. build. There's a sense that something bad's going to happen in the air, but there's not actual full-on hints necessarily or full-on foreshadowing. Yeah. And then this is just like this sudden burst of violence. It's, it's a it's a very uh, it's almost like the horror version of a Tarantino kind of idea where you you, you withhold and withhold oh, and okay. at the end you just blow your load like you just have it be really mm. proper, fast, and brutal. It's really impressive. I, I I like the kill scene. I really did like yeah. the kill scene. Yeah, and she's uh, she looks pretty creepy. Yeah, while she, while she's doing it, like you mm. said, she kind of just has this, you know, almost kind of like vacantish kind of look where it's, yeah, like it, it really does kind of feel like someone being possessed. So she has three decapitated heads, and she takes them out of the boiler room, uh, which is where the cop who came with uh, the principal comes down and catches her, and he catches her kind of you know sit on her knees, sort of praying to whoever she's praying to, uh, with these three heads laid out. On the on the floor, um, and then when the cop tells it to get up, and I like as well this scene, the cop's uh, voice was like distorted. 
it was kind of like uh, she we were hearing her him how she was hearing him, which was like not completely or clearly like it was it was through like this big muffled sound effect. Uh, mm-hmm. And it really, it really sort of gave you that sense of uh, that she's not really part of this world right now. She's she's not hearing life the way it actually sounds, uh, and she she just basically puts her hands up and says "Hail Satan" a bunch of times <laughs> before the cop shoots her. And again, this is one of the little uh, hints that ties them together mm-hmm. with the, the previous timeline or the, the later timeline is. Uh, Emma Roberts has a has a scar in the or shoulder in the back of her shoulder, mm-hmm. so a bullet hole. So. Yeah. It clearly links them up in terms of uh, who's who. Uh, and then Young Cat is then taken to a hospital after all this goes down. And the priest that she sees at the start of the movie um, comes in. Uh, he's the priest who works at the school. And she was actually disappointed that he couldn't stay around because she had a musical performance at the start for, for leaving day when everyone was leaving with their parents to go home for mm-hmm. a vacation. She had a, a little recital to do with the, with the piano. And she was upset that he couldn't stay uh, and this was sort of the first scene where we really see that she's kind of weird and she's not responding in correct ways. And mm-hmm. obviously a, a big thing for me here with this scene is that this is really... It's really showing how lonely she is. She doesn't seem like she has any friends, for a start. Mm-hmm. She's already convinced that her parents aren't coming, and they don't. She's, she's truly kind of alone, and this priest is maybe the closest thing she has to, to family at this point. And she's upset that he has to leave, that he has to go to the point where she tr- she tries to talk him out. He's like, "Oh, I need to go to whatever town for the vacation. I need to leave today." Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Oh, how how long is that going to take? That'll only take a few hours." <laughs> like she she's like she's like almost breaking down his stories. Like, "Oh, you you could stay for a few more hours and see it. You could." Yeah. Uh, but this is kind of the first sign that she feels lonely in life. So cut to the end here, or the end of this timeline where. She's in the hospital bed, and the priest like whips out his his Bible and he's got his holy water and he's doing his exorcism. He's like, you know, he almost says the power of Christ compels you. He doesn't quite say that. <laughs> he says, uh, yeah. uh, "Christ compels you" or something like that. He says something close mm-hmm. to it, and he's he's doing the whole thing, and she looks over and she sees the demon staring at her, mm-hmm. this demon demonic figure, and she quietly and softly says to it, "Please don't leave me." Mm. And I thought that was really effective. That was a really interesting because essentially what this movie is, from Kat's perspective, is that she's a girl who got possessed by this demon, and she was happy she got possessed because it was maybe the first time she didn't feel alone, that she didn't feel empty, like she actually had some mm-hmm. someone with her, even if it was a demon. Uh, did you think the the demon was real or like it's all in her head? I. Th- I think it's real, uh, mainly because, well, you could argue. You you could argue, I suppose. Um, I well, let's talk about the other timeline. Be- be- okay. Can I talk about how she, what she's doing in present day? So in present day, she she's with this couple with with Bill and his wife, uh, who are Rosie's parents, and they're taking her in the car and they're driving to 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 the school as well because they want to like put uh, flowers down in her you know the site of her death they, they do a little memorial thing every year and we have some scenes with him talking about god himself and how he he's religious and how he sees god in people and it's it's doing acts of kindness that for him is what god is rather than you know just looking for it in a book and things like that and he has all this stuff with her and it sets up some of these religious themes and it's, it's kind of how she because throughout the whole movie and the, the previous timeline she is constantly sort of fighting against it like she's not saying grace she she's 
you know, mm-hmm. using foul language with, with a nun. She's, she's doing all this various <laughs> stuff. She, she's constantly fighting against it. And killing people, obviously. <laughs> uh, d- demonic activity. Very, very non-religious. Very satanic, if you will. Um, so it really sets up that he... he again, he's, he's in this other side of this coin. And so mm-hmm. eventually, after he tells her about his daughter and that she died, and, you know, later on, we, we hear the mother, like... Because the mother's very... Uh, confrontational she she constantly sort of confronts him for telling anyone this stuff and she she's she, like yeah, yeah she's yeah she seems like maybe a little more uh like on the pessimistic side like he like mm-hmm. he seems a little yeah more like optimistic like hey i want to celebrate you know my daughter and talk about her and remember her and she seems like she kind of wants to almost shut it out and not really deal with it as much like it's too painful yeah, yeah, very much so. And she, she also, because she, she again links the stories together because she mentions that she was beheaded because she says something like, "Oh, did, mm-hmm. did they tell you that they had to like, ma- you know, do blood tests to match the head to the body?" And you know, mm-hmm. she sounds very, very bitter. And not that I'm blaming her, like her daughter getting right, decapitated. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so again, another really good death scene. Uh, like joan slash cat just leaps forward and slits bill's throat because and this was the thing even once i'd realized that she was she was cat i thought mm. oh maybe she's different now like she she has grown up maybe she's going back to the school she wants to go back to the school to confront her demons like kind yeah. of thing like she's gotten better but no this was like no no she is still evil she still what and th- this is kind of the, the fascinating thing mm. of the movie to me because she kills the two of them she slits his throat and then again with a sort of quick stabbing on the wave she decapitates yeah. them, puts their heads in a suitcase, goes to the school, <laughs> goes down to the boiler room, puts the puts the, the decapitated heads out, and begins to kind of worship or pray or whatever. And in the final shot of the movie, she's just she's back out in the lonely road, in the snow, mm-hmm. and it's just this shot of her crying and mm-hmm. screaming because she's she's so abundantly upset and it starts mm-hmm. off you can hear the scream and then it fades out and the music just plays over it and it's like a silent scream uh, and that's the end of the movie and i thought this was very powerful because the way i read this right I- i've seen this read a d- couple of different ways actually but the way i read this and the way it felt to me is that she was doing this she went she killed rosie's parents because she wanted to get the demon back mm-hmm. and the reason why she's crying out in pain at the end is because it didn't come back is that she is truly alone because the demon isn't coming, despite the fact that she's made this offering, despite the fact that she's finished what maybe she started back then. Maybe, you know, it was like, oh, we mm-hmm. want the whole family to be killed because they're whatever, yeah. I don't know. Uh, but, like, she's made this offering and that she's truly, she's well and truly alone. Even the demon has abandoned her. You know, her mother's abandoned her, the priest abandoned her, everyone's abandoned her. Uh, Rose, on that night when she was supposed to be looking after her, abandoned her. Everyone, including the demon now, as a banner, and that's why she's crying in pain because she's well and truly alone. That's how I read that ending, and I liked that. I thought that was a really good ending. Yeah, that, that's the way I kind of figured too. She was do either doing something to try to get the demon back, or maybe you know thought by going back to the school, it, you know, she could summon it again or something, or I don't know, whatever. But yeah, in the end, basically, it's not there. Anymore, yeah, she, she, which that's why it's interesting when you said is it real i'd never mm. really considered that that it isn't real and honestly it kind of mm. works if it isn't like if it is all in our head and it's it's just like it just doesn't come back because it's not real well that's yeah, also maybe, kind of amazing yeah especially mm. if she was at like a mental hospital maybe if she got therapy or started taking medication that 
you know, maybe... And it's been nine years as well. That's a lot of time to grow and potentially heal. Not completely. She's still decapitating people. She's not exactly fit for the world. But (laughs) (laughs) um, Well, it's it's, it's funny because I also... I read a theory that it, it she did complete something with the demon and mm-hmm. it actually finished, but because she completed what she'd started, uh, the demon left her. And oh. part of why she was crying at the end was because for the first time she actually felt the true guilt of what she'd done. I don't I don't read it that way. Mm. I, I, I disagree with that interpretation. To me, what makes this story interesting is that this is someone who wanted to be possessed again. This is someone who liked yeah. it. This is someone who wanted to have the demon back. That that mm-hmm. that honestly for me is what gave this movie depth. Like I was enjoying it. Like I thought it was moody and broody and very. Mm-hmm. I thought it was well slow paced and I, I was really sort of into the scenes for the most part. Um, but then what really sort of put it up a notch for me was this revelation that you know she she liked being possessed. She wants to be possessed. Like she feels naked without it and she wants it back. Uh, mm-hmm. That to me was fascinating. I hadn't seen a, a possession movie do that before, and I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was definitely interesting. Uh, I think I liked these, um, like, future segments uh, with Joan. Uh, I I don't know. I found them to be a little more interesting, maybe just because, you know, you really didn't know what was going on or how they were connected. Um, Well, as the other segments, uh, there's some good stuff there, too, but... Uh, I don't know, I feel like those maybe seemed a little more drawn out, and after a while it just got to be like, kind of like, alright, some creepy stuff is happening, but not really much is happening. Um, I, I don't know, I, I found myself that a little bit more invested in the Jones storyline. Uh, that, that's that's fair. I I felt I, I was invested in both. I, I was pretty into it. I wouldn't, I mean, I don't want to say it's praises too much and say like I'm, I'm glowing over it, because I'm not. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I do think it does show its sort of... Uh, sort of rookie sort of roots if you will uh mm-hmm. kind of but by maybe relying on the, the the inspirations a little bit too much mm-hmm. and uh I, I do think the the whole idea that she she did love being possessed by a demon and even the idea mm-hmm. that there was an actual demon could have been clearer earlier on i felt like once it actually started showing you her seeing something in the room i i don't know if they'd maybe done enough of sort of building up the fact that she was being possessed it felt like it was just one or two random things uh, and maybe that's just me but it just it felt like it, honestly you're saying it's, it's slow and not a lot happened I feel like it could have used a few more scenes in the in the first half building some of this stuff up uh, which might have I slowed mean, it I, down a bit more but well I, I would appreciate it more scenes but maybe just a little more exciting <laughs> scenes um, I, I don't know I, I feel like sometimes like stuff would just be really like drawn on um, it, it does this thing that I've been noticing lately that kind of annoys me where I I hate when characters like don't answer questions like I, I feel like there are a lot of scenes where you know they, they'd ask her something and she just kind of like looked down you know and she wouldn't like really say anything and the character would be like alright well if you whenever you're ready to talk or whatever like blah 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 like I don't know that. To me, that just kind of irritates me. <laughs> I feel like it fits the character in this case, so I'm not going to hold that, that against it. Yeah, I mean that's fair, but it still doesn't really do much uh, to the fact that it kind of irks yeah. me a little bit. I, I, um, 
yeah, I think it's a little rough around the edges, but I was really into this. I think I think this was a promising first movie from someone. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I I was definitely more into it than you was because I uh, uh, no, I liked it. I would say I liked it. Thought it was good. Mm-hmm. Pretty good, yeah. Even. But, uh, I'd say it's well made, but in the end, just not my particular type of movie. I guess um, it, there was it, it didn't happen often, but there was. A, like maybe one or two scenes like um i I think she's on the bed and she kind of like stands up straight like really fast and i I don't know if like you remember that it's like uh and then there's kind of like this loud music sting um i don't know it felt like kind of weird out of place and it happened like once or twice yeah, uh, well, I think we're ready to go to ratings then. Uh, well, it probably sounds like we're going to give it like a really low score because I'm not super hot on it. But again, I, you know, everything was done well, so I, I feel like I can't really, you know, deduct too much. And then, and I did enjoy the parts where there was like, you know, the deaths and seeing the demons, and again, the acting stuff was all well. So I'm still going to give it a six, which isn't like a horrible score. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I'm probably not in a I'd be interested to see, you know, the other stuff, uh, you know, this person does, but I'm probably not in a rush to rewatch this anytime soon. Okay. And it wasn't very erotic, unfortunately. It was not. <laughs> uh, so, I, I, I liked it a lot more than you, obviously. I, I thought the, I was never bored. I never thought it did drag on too long. I, I, I appreciated the pacing. I liked the kind of, the feeling of emptiness that the scenes were conveying, both in the framing and the way it did have like like so little dialogue at times, where there was a lot of absence between sentences. To me, it all added to this feeling of loneliness and why this girl felt this way that she did, and why she did love having a demon possessor. Like it all kind of built to what was driving her. Uh, so for me, that all kind of worked. Um, like I say, I thought the death scenes were really well handled. I thought a lot. Of, I thought the direction was typically really good, actually. Um, if maybe a little. Like, hey, I've got a fancy thing I want to do, and here's my fancy thing. Like, maybe, maybe it felt a little bit like that at times, but it, it typically was working well, so he, he knew what he was doing. So, for me, and I like, I like the cast for the most part. I thought all the main girls did a really good job. So, for me, I'm tempted to go as high as an 8. Oh, wow. 7.5, certainly. Definitely a 7.5, but I'm tempted to stretch it to an 8. Um, interestingly, I'm looking at the IMDb score. It's only got a 5.7, which is uh, a little bit on the lower side. But hey ho, um, I, I kind of dug it. But again, given this slow burn type of movie, I, I this is I feel like this is obviously you like this movie, so this isn't a comparison to you specifically. But you know how when the witch came out, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, it's so slow, nothing happens, and I kind of feel like there's those same people are the kind of reason why a movie like this gets a lot of low ratings on. You know stuff like IMDb. Well, I mean, I definitely disagree with that. Seeing as how The Witch is an amazing movie, and this, uh, not so much. But well, no, of hey. course. But mm-hmm. like I said, like I'm not necessarily saying the two are the one the same. And I know you like The Witch, and you weren't saw it in this mm-hmm. one. But The Witch also had a lot of detractors when it came out. Like there's a lot of people who said that about The Witch. There's a lot of people who would rate the rate The Witch really low and say it's overrated because they think it's boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, in that case they're wrong. In this case they're right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, no, that is that is too harsh for the movie. Again, I wouldn't come down that hard on it. All right. Well, I, I guess we're, we're wrapping up then. So that that has been the Black Coat Star, aka February. Phil's 
Full spoilers. Like why, why am I missing that again? <laughs> I feel like I'm into an intro. But just inside baseball here, we we had some tech issues here, and it's been like a good ten minutes or so since we did the last okay. little chunk of this. Uh, so it's it's entirely possible I've just reverted back to intro territory. <laughs> it's a lot like the movie. It's taking place in the future, in the past. I don't know. <laughs> so it's funny you say that because uh, me and Connor will be doing Memento on 121 in Flux oh, yeah. this week and I'm tempted to do the outro at the start and do the intro at the end. <laughs> you should, that'd be funny. Because the movie goes backwards, of course. Yeah. Uh, but no, that, that's uh, Black Coat Stars. So uh, if you've seen the movie, let us know what you thought of it in the comments below. Mm-hmm. Um, like, subscribe, all that stuff. Helps us out a lot. Get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fudge for channel updates. And uh, yeah, yeah. Head over to patreon.com TV if you want to support the channel and everything we do here. Keep the reviews flowing. Have us doing more and more and more until I can just book out Tim for like seven days a week, and he can do like one every day. See, you you always like make fun and complain like it's such a chore to do these, but then you always want me back for more. So I don't, I don't think you're fooling anyone, Mister. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Who's side really of, lonely here? So the side of my mouth really annoying me because I, I trimmed, you're not the only one. Shut up! I I trimmed like a little bit of your like, teeth. No, the beard. Like the outside oh. of my mouth, your tit. Like here, but it's okay. like I went a little bit too short when I trimmed it here, and it's mm. like kind of every time it touches a bit of my skin and the end of my mouth, it kind of it's rough. It's coarse. Mm, mild chafing you. is kind of what I'd call it. I I hate when like the the mustache hair. Whoa, dumb cat. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was gonna say I hate when the mustache hairs just get a little too long and they just always kind of popping in the mouth. Yeah, yeah, that's why mm. obviously you trim them every every mm. once in a while. But yeah, I, I like the idea that some people got to you know we start saying like and subscribe, go to the Patreon. Some people just turn it off right then. They miss this gold. They miss this mm. post plugging section. <laughs> so shame on them for not mm. sticking around for the post plugging sequence. Yeah. If you you will. never know when a that then that could be our tagline. You never know when a tangent is going to happen <laughs> <laughs> or where it's going to go. Yeah. Uh, so yeah so guys thank you very much for watching once again <laughs> keep watching scary movies we'll see you next time